and welcome to Pursue the Pool, the podcast that is geared towards helping people who are looking for a career change or for those who want to pursue their dreams and start their own business. So how do we differ from all of the other inspirational podcasts out there? Well, we interview people from a range of industries. So if you want to set up your own marketing agency or hair salon or restaurant, whatever it might be, we have someone specifically from that industry to tell you where and how to start, the lows and the highs, and most importantly, the truth. So we are one group and one community, and we have all of the answers. I am your host, Stacey Bevan. And today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Faye Fenton and she is the founder of Barefoot, which is a yoga studio based in Birmingham, UK. First of all, thank you so much for joining us, Faye. We really appreciate the insight that you're about to give us. Thank you, Stacey. I'm really excited to be here. Okay, I can't wait for this. So before we actually go into the questions that have been devised by our audience, I just want to give a bit of background into you and your company and what it is that you actually do. So you set up Barefoot 10 years ago with no yoga teaching experience and zero knowledge of how to run a yoga studio. But you had a huge passion for the practice of yoga, which kept you sane as a new mom. I understand that perfectly. And you had a firm belief that there was a big gap in the market for the style of yoga studio that you dreamed of. You then started out thinking it would be a lifestyle business that could be juggled with a proper job and two small kids. But then you quickly found out and it proved way more than that. So the day job had to go. You kept the kids, of course. And now you have an amazing team. You run daily yoga classes in person at your Harborn studio, again, based in Birmingham. But you also offer virtual classes and you offer the Barefoot Yoga Teach Training Programme which is office yoga classes for schools and universities, as well as free classes for family carers, looking after disabled and vulnerable loved ones. Barefoot is also home to a Harborn physiotherapy and think psychology, a counselling and psychotherapy clinic. And together you've created a professional wellness hub, but also a wonderful community full of tea, laughter, friendship and ongoing education and support. So this is amazing. And I'm just going to jump straight into the first question because I know there's a lot more to your story. It hasn't been so straightforward. So I'm really excited to go into this. So if it's okay with you, um, I'd just like to really go into the first question and understand your background. So how did this all come about? What were you doing before this? Did you have a job that you went into? Um, you know, how did you make this transition? This is really important for me to know as well. Like, you know, you were a parent, as you said, so that must have been difficult. So how mm-hmm. did it all start take us back and how you got to this this point, really? Oh, well, hearing all that, I'm feeling quite exhausted already. <laughs> we haven't even started. Um, but yeah, all of that was, you know, like you say, over 10 years. Um, um, and immediately before I started the studio, I just landed my my kind of dream part time job as as a as a mum of two young kids um, at a local university. I'd wanted to work for the entrepreneurship department there for ages. Um, got the job, um, and within like a month of starting Sod's Law, the perfect yoga studio location comes up. I'd been looking for a location for a yoga studio for mm, maybe two two and a half years. Um, it seemed impossible like it didn't exist too expensive um 
not the right size, no parking. You know, it's very difficult to find what I needed. Um, so as soon as I started this new job, which was great, um, perfect job for, for a mum, you know, juggling kids, work, all the other stuff. Um, then this this location comes up. And as soon as I step inside it, I thought, I'll just have a little look around. It doesn't look perfect, but it could be. As soon as I stepped inside, I'm, I'm sat here now, actually, I'm looking around. And it seems like a year ago. Um, I could see beyond all the partition walls. It was an old solicitor's building, um, dark, dreary, um, but filled with little um, cubicles, like individual offices, but a window in every little cubicle. So I knew once those walls came down, it could be like a real gem. Um, so I tried to carry on running, um, well, yeah, running between job, proper job, and um, setting up the studio. Once it opened, it quickly took off. Um, I thought, you know, maybe five, six people would come a day. Um, but within three months, we were like running three classes a day and um, I couldn't really continue to do both. So the job had to go. Sorry, University of Birmingham. Um, but it was the entrepreneurship department. You know, they didn't, they didn't yeah. begrudge me leaving to pursue the pool, as it were. So that was immediately exactly. before. So how did you know that, like, you know, you wanted to um, go into this as a business? Where did, like, it was just a passion, I take it? Or did you always know I don't want to work for somebody? You know, I do want to pursue um, my own career. Where did, how did that come about, the thought of even doing this? Um, I'd always, always firmly um, known from a, a young age that, um okay what I spend my life doing in a job every day has to be something that I really, really love. You know, life is too short to, to have a job and not love every minute of it and then to just live the weekend. I always kind of knew that. As soon as leaving university, I had my first proper job, sat in front of a computer. It was marketing. It was supposedly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but for me, looking at a computer was looking at a computer. It didn't matter how pretty the pictures were or what the content was. And yeah. So I, I, at that point, I was really into coffee shops and um yeah I'd been to Australia I think uh, in my early 20s loved the vibe there of all the cool little food food stores and the coffee shops so that was my thing um so I set up a an organic cafe which was a complete flop um in my early 20s in Birmingham city center um it was a horrendous experience at the time but learned so much from it you know Birmingham wasn't quite ready for an organic vegetarian cafe in the great western arcade at that point um but I didn't give up. And um, a year later, exactly, reopened in Harborn. Had to um, swallow a few of my principles. So it wasn't completely organic. It wasn't completely vegetarian. Um, but took all the best bits of my original business plan before I'd been kind of persuaded to go for the city centre. I went back to my original gut feeling was that the Harborn really could do with a coffee shop. And this was before the likes of... Costa, um, Starbucks, and none of the, none of the chains were there. Yeah. Um, so it was it was quite new and exciting for Harborn. Wow. And did you? Um, so before you actually um, got this yoga studio, did you have some sort of um, plan in place? Did you have? You know, what kind of um, money did you need to go into this? Did you need to have a lot of money to go into this, or how did that transition happen from? the planning stage mm -hmm. to 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 get in the studio mm -hmm. um yeah it did take a lot of money a lot of sacrifice um we just moved house we just downsized um thinking that we'd 
make life simpler, not have such a big mortgage. Yeah. Um, so that money didn't last long. That, that money that we're supposed to be saving went straight into um, the business. Um, yeah, borrowed money off mum and dad. Um, lived very frugally for, for a couple of years, very, very frugally. Um, yeah. Got some grant funding as well, some European okay. money, um, okay. which was aimed at helping create jobs um so yeah little bits from everywhere and a lot of scrimping and saving okay and how did you get your first customers how did how did that come about did you have to invest a lot in marketing or how did you Mm -hmm. start getting those customers um so we had a very basic website um a lovely lady lady over the road on harborn high street who had a um, a cute little shop um, an interior furnishing shop and I just got chatting to her one day and um, she had all these skills, these background transferable skills and said, well, yeah, I can build you a website. I think it was like 500 quid or something yeah. um, in return for, no, no, it was in return for free yoga. That's it. Oh, wow. So she did it for free. Yes, I remember now. Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. Um, Andrea. Andrea. Very <laughs> so, yeah, she built this website for us. It was, it was a basic website. Um, Linked to PayPal. So my very first customer, I remember it coming in uh, through, through, through PayPal and um, that was it. Wow, that's amazing. And did you have like any inspiration? Like, was there any books or any videos or any, you know, did you have a mentor or anything mm. like that? Because obviously mm-hmm. never, I mean, you tried business before, but this was a bit different. Was there any kind of help or guidance that you got at the early stages, especially? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the biggest guidance came from that um, failure that I'd had many years ago. Okay. You know, even though it was, even though it was in hospitality and catering, a lot of the same principles applied. Okay. Um, so yeah, past failures was, was definitely my biggest guide. Um, and then in terms of specific to yoga, although I absolutely lived, breathed, and slept yoga I hadn't actually run a yoga studio before mm. and so I I just asked loads of yoga studio owners there weren't any really in Birmingham um and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to ask people in Birmingham but you know other cities I I just asked them how they started how much do they spend on this per month trying to work out my my monthly outgoings there's a great guy called um Dylan Ayalu in London he used okay. to run a hot, hot yoga power company um, I remember he spent an hour on the phone with me. He didn't know me. I just yeah. called him and asked him if he'd maybe spare a little bit of his time. Um, yeah, he was so helpful. I'm still in touch with him now over over yeah. social media. Um, and yeah, his parting words are all, all I don't want any. I don't want anything in return. Just make sure you pass on on the wisdom what you learn to to oh. others when it's your turn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I try and do that. Good. Hence why we have you here. That's 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 really good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of like uh, mentors and and um, advice and staying inspired now, I, I listen to loads of podcasts. Okay. Um, uh, but these days, it tend to be more about about the yoga world rather than um, starting your own business. Okay. Um, and, and and back ten years ago, you know, yoga studios in the UK were were pretty unusual. There wasn't really yeah. like a um, a guru you could go to. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And it, this ties into uh, my next question because a lot of people that want to start their business, um, you know, they have an awful lot of fear. Um, and especially, you know, those that have children because it's it's you're coming away from a secure job where, you know, you're getting that regular um, wage <clears throat> to mm. go into something that's a little bit unknown. So, I mean, how do you kind of overcome that fear? How did you just you know, go in there and be like, right, I'm going to do this. You know, how how did, what was your mindset like at that time? How did you do mm-hmm. that, basically? I just had a very firm vision of um, the kind of clients that would be coming to to the to the studio, to Bethel. Um, I knew that I wouldn't be the only mum of, of kids really feeling like I needed a break somewhere to... Um, have a bit of me time somewhere to exercise somewhere to connect with other women but without without babies or kids in tow somewhere to get strong and um get healthy and just connected to to other people you know in an atmosphere that's a little bit different to a gym or um like a a cold church hall you know most yoga classes back then were either in a gym with pumping music and people peering through the glass aircon on not very relaxing or in a, in a community centre where there's maybe dust on the floor making you sneeze as soon as you got near the floor. Um, so, yeah, I just had this firm belief that there'd be other people like me that um, wanted somewhere to, to connect and um, have some, some me time at the same time as getting fit. Yeah. So that was kind of unshakable. Um, and then, yeah, I, don't get me wrong, I was super scared. Like, what if this all crashes around me and we've got two kids and um, a mortgage to pay? But you know, the, for me, the fear of not doing it and regretting it was was worse than wow. the fear of doing it and it not working out quite as I hoped. Wow. Okay. And um, did you were there any kind of real challenges or a period of time where it was you know you felt a bit demotivated or you know something happened that was you know mm. a big challenge or a big crisis? Is there anything that happens like on this along this journey? That really tested you. We didn't have any like major crises early on. Um, it was more just a series of ongoing little problems, literally every week. Um, can you still see me? Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, a series of, of of mini problems to solve. Um, you know, the biggest crisis for us was COVID, though so far more far more recently. Yes, of course. Oh, wow. So, and and everything's okay now after COVID? So yeah. everything's... Um, well, obviously, we, we had two lockdown periods, didn't we, of yes. um, not being able to open at all. Um, for us, it, a bit of a lifesaver was the fact that we also have space available for um, counsellors, think psychology and hard-on physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So they were still able to open and see patients which was a lifeline for us you know it meant that we could still get their rent and the building was still alive so that kind of kept me motivated and of course we we did online classes yeah I was going to say this is where the virtual classes side came into it yeah yeah so that's where where virtual classes started um and it was also an opportunity to um you know reassess where we wanted the business to go Mm. we we made quite a few changes we also took the opportunity of having a forced closure to to refurbish which was really scary actually you know with no money coming in to speak of then spending money on um 
making the, the place more spacious to allow for social distancing when we did reopen to, to, to just refresh everywhere. You know, we'd been open at that point, what, eight years? Um, but because we have classes every single day and things going on every day, it's very difficult to get in there and, and um, you know, get the paintbrushes out. So there was a silver lining to that. And slowly now we've, we've re rebuilt almost, almost to where we were. But, it, it, you know, it's a different kind of business for sure. We've, um, we've kept the virtual. People seem to like joining us yeah. on Zoom. So, yeah. so um, even though we have, you know, more space in the studio now and not as many mats crammed in, we've always got 10 to 20 people on Zoom as well. So that's nice. Oh, gosh, that's great. Okay. And um, so just for people out there, so I suppose there's kind of two parts to this question. You know, what advice would you give to people who do want to start their own business, but they do have that incredible fear? They want to come away from mm. permanent employment, from a full-time job, and they want to actually work for themselves. So what advice would you give to those people wanting to do that? Well, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, I was working on my business plans for the various businesses I've done um, way before I opened or, or started. Okay. Um, you can do the two things at the same time. I tended to work part-time yeah, so that I'd be ready to, to jump when everything aligned, you know, whether it's a physical business or not. There's always various threads that you need to, to bring together. Um, okay. Yeah, it is scary. It, there are sleepless nights you will be working ridiculous hours and you know if but you just do it and it's only when you stop and pause and look back at the early days that it seems incredible that you pulled that off yeah um, but it it can be done and okay. yeah as I said for me the fear of, of not doing it you know becoming old and, and not having achieved your dreams or had a go at achieving your dreams would is more scary um yeah. So trust your gut, you know, you do your research, make your plan. Um, but if you've got this, this gut feeling that it's going to work and you're passionate about what you make or sell, then selling is easy. You know, if you yeah. love what you offer, selling is so easy. That I, I find um, speaking to other people that are thinking about setting up their businesses, they might say things like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Um, I don't like all that yes. hard sell. I'm absolutely not that person at all. You know, I was quite a, sh a shy teenager, not even that into exercise. But once you find something that's so transformative, like when you find a solution to people's problems, encouraging other people to buy it is, is a joy. It's really, yeah. it's easy. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, no, definitely. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that is one of the big questions you do get, you know, it, 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 I don't know how to sell, you know, and that's something that people worry about. But you're right, it really, it comes out of you, like people can feel your passion when you're explaining, yeah. you know, while it is. So I definitely agree with that. And I do like, you know, it's kind of all or nothing, you have to put a lot of effort into it and be consistent as well. So I agree fully with that. Um, what would you say to someone that wanted to do exactly what it is that you do? What advice would you give to someone that wanted to set up their own yoga studio? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, if it's a bricks and mortar building, um, yeah. which if it's a building it is, if it's a physical location, um, location, 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 um, okay. that is so, so true. And what I failed to realise with our first business, that that means you know, the exact section of the street. It doesn't mean Birmingham or Harborn or 
Erdington, it means the specific street, it means that section of the street, because your visibility is going to make such a difference. You know, how far you are, if it's a sandwich shop, for example, you know, how far you are from the from the train station mm-hmm. um, might be irrelevant. If everyone getting yeah. off that train is going straight to their place of work and then they're rushing straight back to leave at the end of the day, they don't have time to stop. You know, people don't always have lunch breaks these days. So location is absolutely key. We're, we're on the corner of, of Crossroads, which at first glance might look might not look the most enticing location for a yoga studio but it's great we've got traffic coming from three sections they they see us um people can walk here parking is always an issue um but we're a neighborhood yoga studio so yeah look at your location like absolutely to the nth degree crucial okay amazing that is yeah sorry you're gonna gonna give more (laughs) yeah yeah one other thing um in terms of um well, it would apply to a yoga studio, but any any business really, I guess. I think you've got to absolutely 110% love your logo, and love your branding, because you're going to be looking at it every single day. You know, it's going to be on social media, signage everywhere. Don't make it too trendy. Don't make it too current because you want to keep that logo and that branding. So 10 years on, I'm so happy that I was so pedantic about our, our Barefoot Birmingham branding. Mm-hmm. Every logo that came back from every design, I was like, mm, it's okay, but I don't absolutely love it. And then I remember a yoga teacher here who's also a graphic designer, Claire, she said, Faye, you've got to absolutely love it because um, you're going to so regret it. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. But yeah, that's, that's my other big thing. Wow, amazing. Look, thank you so much for, you know, being vulnerable and just, you know, giving the advice that you've given. It's going to help a lot of people. Oh, so you're welcome. I could go on. I could go on and on and on, honestly. <laughs> I know when I do this, I'm just so invested. I'm like, okay, so, you know, what yeah. about this and what about this? So, you know, there's a lot that people, you know, want to know, but you've been extremely, like I say, vulnerable and you've given everyone a lot of insight. So I appreciate you joining us and thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.